Hey, there's something different about my mango pineapple smoothie. Really? My caramel frappe tastes fine. Nah, something's definitely different. No difference? Other than I got them for half off because I ordered on the app. Well, that explains it. Explains what? How things seem to taste so much better when you're getting a sweet deal. Okay. <laughs> right now at Mickey D's, get 50% off any size McCafe beverage when you order through the McDonald's app. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Limited time only at participating McDonald's. Follow one time per day. Visit McDonald's app for details. Download and registration required. Don't waste the summer months staring at a screen trying to figure out who accepts your vision insurance. Pearl Vision works with all major vision plans, including iMed. Plus, when you bring in the receipt from your last eye exam, they'll apply up to $150 towards a new pair of glasses. Visit pearlvision.com to find your neighborhood eye care center today. Valid prescription required. Valid at participating locations. Restrictions apply. Taxes extra. See store for details. Ends 10-31-2022. Exams available at the Independent Doctors of Optometry at or next to Pearl Vision. Some doctors employed by Pearl Vision. Hi, this is Don Most, and you're listening to The Forum with Jim and Florence. Hi, everyone. This is Jim Jocks, and you're listening to The Forum. And wow, what a special day. I've been on cloud nine all week. I know there's a lot of stuff uh, negative going on out there with so many people sick. And being in the medical field, believe you me, I'm uh, totally, totally sensitive to everything. But we just kind of wanted to break away from that and just have a fun time with one of my favorite people that I've always dreamed of talking to. So this is a special day for me. And I wanted to introduce my wonderful, beautiful, talented, smart, she's everything, the great Florence Carmella. How are you, Florence? Wow, I am doing great after that introduction. Thank you, Jim. How are you? I am so excited. I have been literally rereading things. I've been doing... uh, I've watched Unsung yep. about five times over and over their episode, <laughs> the best episode on Sung TV one in my book. But why don't you introduce this guest? Because I cannot wait to talk to him. Yes, we are so excited to have him with us. He is the original singer of the Bar Cave, the legendary band, the Bar Cave. He is the iconic singer, Larry Dodson. Welcome to the forum, Larry. Hello, guys. How are you? We're fantastic. Larry, you're in two Hall of Fames. You're in the Memphis Hall of Fame and the R&B Hall of Fame. And there is a lot of people, there are a lot of people, and I'm including myself in that, that we, I'm even thinking of doing this. I've talked to some other people of getting a petition, doing something to get you guys in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, because it's absolute travesty that you guys aren't in there. You guys, and we're going to talk about your history. Just an amazing, Larry, I don't know if you ever heard this story. There was a guy that told the story. He said an angel came down to in this old man, and he said, you're going to have to, I'm taking you home. You're coming to heaven. You have three minutes. You could listen to one song. And the old man said, I wanted to listen to Soul Finger. And the, and the angel said, I'm sorry, sir, you can't. That's three minutes and 18 seconds long. And God came down and, and put his hand on the angel's shoulder and said, we've got time. <laughs> Wow, I, I gotta keep that. I gotta remember that. One. Oh my goodness, that's so cool. That is amazing. That's so cool. Oh, the that's great so cool. barquets. 
Oh, Larry. First, Larry, before we get into my questions, I wanted to talk about some of the things that you're you're doing now. You released a book, an amazing book, and the band goes on, The Life and Story of Larry Dodson of the Barquets. I love that book. It was in depth. It it wasn't a lot of these books can be a little bit fuzzy and shiny and we're all wonderful, but you pulled no punches and I really appreciated that. What was the inspiration for that book and when did you first start thinking of writing it? I have, you know what, to be really, really honest with you guys, I, I, uh, I have never really been an author. I had really no preconceived notions about it, but my son and I, Larry Jr., he handles my day-to-day operations, you know, he keeps my schedule for me. And we would sit down in the mornings and plan the day to the week or whatever the month. And I would always kind of cheer him up, make him laugh with some stories from back bus, bus, bus stories, sure. tour stories, you know, just, just mm-hmm. stuff we used to do. And, and he, he was amazed by it. He always said, Pops, you need to really just find John this stuff down. And maybe think about doing a book at one time. And I really told him, I said, man, I don't know. I wouldn't know the first thing about doing that. So he kept bugging me about it. And I started to take notes and keep notes. And uh, and then I kind of got hooked on it. You know, I really found we found a, a good editor. And uh, and uh, the, short, the short of the long story, I uh, it took me a while because I was on tour. So maybe of course of really two years because... There's a lot of stuff, man. It was a lot of stuff to re rethink, re- recall. But I started taking notes, and I turned them over to my editor. And uh, as she would put them together, Sheila Bell, she said, Larry, I don't have to do anything with this, but just dot the I's and cross the T's. You are telling this story much wow. better than I edited it. She rarely did anything to it, but named the chapters, uh, it, which, you know, I, I didn't think about that, you know. Uh, and she did a good job there, but she didn't really do anything. And I felt, you know, really, really good about that because uh, I started to go into the go into the uh, uh, place that we were going to play performance cities early, and I would just stay a day or so by myself and just, you know, do as much as I could. And and then uh, then I got the really, really hang of it. And and uh, I said, you know what, I want to make a maybe six or seven book deal because I had some other stuff I wanted to do. And so I, uh, we, we, we finished and really, man, it, it took off like a, a lightning bug. And, uh, then I started working on a second book, which I brought my wife into. It's called keep looking up when it's downs, which is the story of uh, us raising a down syndrome child, a precious mm-hmm. is her name. So, uh, and then I have titles for the next two or three books. So it was something I sort of just got into, man, but it turned out very, very good. And she told me the one, one other thing I, I want to mention to you that, when I first started giving her my notes, she said, Larry, let me tell you something. She said, this is good, but if you really, really, really want to captivate your audience and really want to make this book interesting and not real long and shiny, uh, tell it. T- tell about everything. Talk talk about the stuff that's sort of dark and stuff that you don't really, that makes that makes you say, ouch. And, <laughs> and so it took me a minute, and then she said, because no matter what it was, it's only ministry now, because God got you through it. And for for the people who will be uh, reading your book, some of it they need to hear. You know, for mm-hmm. it's kind of like it's kind of like being in church and 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 you just sort of nervous about giving your life to Christ at the end of the service until somebody else does it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yep. I, I I was very candid. As if you read the book and what you have, I I spilled it. I talked about stuff that some of that I never shared with anything, shared with anybody. Uh, and that that's a, that was a big deal for me. 
But uh, I, I found that honesty was very therapeutic for me. Oh, that's fantastic. I think what I love about the book, and we're going to be promoting it next week, I'm going to, I, I just love the honesty of it. I think with a lot of books, they're out to make the artists look good. And you were out to be real. You were out to be, I, I'm not going to call them out, but I did, I read a book of a, a rock star and it was a commercial. Mm -hmm. Horrible. But yours, the, the four and a half stars, and it was amazing. I'm telling you, Thank we're going to promote this. You've got to have this book. I mean, we have a, we actually have a book podcast, and I'm going to give a shout out to it on that podcast because I'm telling you, I love this. I've read it four times. So, and anyone oh that knows God. me, I don't really like reading a lot of the books that are. I don't really read books that much, but when I do, I really read something that I love. And I'm telling you, and you know, I don't endorse much out there. But I'm telling you, this is a book to have. So I, I can't I wait to share it. it. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. And I, and I tried to make it an easy read. I didn't I didn't want to make it a very very long book. Uh, but uh, it's turned out very well. I've done a lot of uh, book signings, a lot of stuff that's connected with the book. Okay. And people all say one thing is that they can't put it down once they start. Start yep. to read it. By the, yeah. I know by, by the time, uh, uh, like I said, by the time next week, we really want to promote this and get this out there and being a good ex partier, ex having a good time, ex, ex enjoying yourself. You are also refined now that you're older with guy yeah, and, you've, and you've linked yourself to guidance whiskey. <laughs> and I've heard so many amazing things about this as one person says, he loves it. It's it's it got a little caramel finish to it, a little vanilla hint of vanilla at the end, with a little tiny bit of cherry. And it just he the people that I talk to that have gotten it, and I'm gonna try to get a hold of a bottle, have just absolutely loved it. Talk about your venture with Guidance Whiskey and how you got started with that. My son introduced me to these two uh, black guys who were one. One has been a longtime friend who had booked me on concerts before with the barcades and stuff. And he had he and another friend of his and 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 uh, a friend of Larry's who went to the same college, MTSU. Larry, my son, told me about these. These guys got a great uh, a great whiskey man. It's top shelf. They just just getting off the ground, and they're really looking for somebody to uh, brand it, you know, somebody that uh, has a, a lot of fans uh, and would trust, you know, in, in imaging the whiskey too. And, and I wasn't a real whiskey drinker, you know. I, I've, I've done all that way too much over my life. Sure. But, uh, uh, mm. <laughs> but, but you know, but, but I, I tasted it and I said, my God, this is great. It's smooth. It's top shelf. You know, I know a good whiskey when I taste it, you know. And, uh, the fact that they were African American, uh, hardworking businessmen, that that attracted me to it, and I hadn't done I hadn't done anything like that, you know. And since I retired from the band uh, and started to write books and speak and do other things, it was a, it was a, it was another challenge for me. But if I didn't like it, I would have never done it. And Florence, I will tell you that <laughs> ladies love it. They and that's well, really it was, it was odd to me because most women whiskey drinkers as i know mm -hmm. them yeah, I yeah. so that was that's that's been something that, that just totally gets me when the ladies like it and they taste it oh, and no. that first they say it's so smooth and they and they and they're and enjoying it all night and not getting bashed at it you know what i'm saying so i like good stuff you know and i and i uh i found it to be real interesting and and we're getting around the corner with it we're in more markets now and uh 
it's it's been a match made made in heaven, really. They like what I bring to the table, and I I'm I'm associated with with a whiskey that's great. I think and it's I mean, great. Good deal. Good yeah, deal I was too. just gonna say you ain't Larry Dodson is not dumb, so he, <laughs> he's getting he's getting paid. So, uh, but but what I like about it, Larry, is it's a top shelf whiskey that's affordable. It's not one of these that's worth that you're going to pay hundreds of dollars and it, and you taste it and it's like, okay, this is kind of good. It's a, it, it, everyone that tastes it is just loves it. Now I was kind of amazed that it had so many great reviews and I'm thinking that again, next week and the week after and uh, in the coming months, we're going to be really promoting this. And I'm, I'm half Spanish, half white. So uh, I, I anything with a minority feel to it, I, I support fully because I think we need more businesses that are, are like this and, and I support it fully. So again, this is another thing that we really want to uh, endorse. Larry, Larry does not, he's like me. He's a nice guy, but he's not stupid. He's not going to promote no. something he's not into. So, uh, so oh, I'm saying I, that, so uh, you could trust I, him. I don't give away the end of story. I, I, I've done too much of that in my life, you know. No, it, it's a really, really been a really good, a good uh, um, marriage for 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 the guys and myself. And they're really fair guys. Man, as a matter of fact, one of the guys is now taking water and and stuff over. He lives in Nashville. He for the for the horrible uh, tornado they had. He's still helping people with that. They have just some great guys. And you know what? Wow. I tell you something else about guidance when i came aboard we were all sitting up just trying to talk and market and stuff and and they came up with an idea of these guidance moments which uh we will bring uh, uh actors musicians uh just well-known people and they would do uh, a guidance moment which is something anything they want to talk about that's relative and helpful and they, it, it comes off this is another guidance moment from you know, another guidance moment. There we sitting here, sitting in a tall uh, director's chair, just by themselves, and they'll—it's just a great moment because you never know what they're going to say, but it's going to be always something helpful and something to help guide you along the way in life. Mm. Isn't that cool? That, it, I think it's wow. very cool because it's—I think what I like about everything you're involved with is that you're a very positive person and you're very upbeat, and I think that's important. Yeah. You always respect people, and I think that's what we try to do on our show. We don't do a, you know, we don't want to be negative or political or anything like that. We really just want to be for all people, and I think it's important. Yeah. And that's why I love your, you guys in the Barquet so much. Now, now let's get into the nitty gritty with all a group that I don't think gets enough credit, and I, it was before my time. Uh, is the Tempries? You were involved with the Tempries, and they isn't that your first group? Actually, I started the group in high school, man. Yeah, I mean, just just to really be honest with you, because of my love for music, it's just something that was embedded in me. But we were so big, so much of, of fans of the Temptations. Thus mm. came the name Tempries. Mm -hmm. We just thought that, you know, sun rose and, and set with them, and uh, we wanted to be like them. And, you know, of course, we wanted to get girls, too, in school. But sure. it was it started it started out just singing, up, singing in the bathroom where you could hear your echo. Well, we got to be real popular, but we didn't get we didn't get to make any professional music. I joined the band, the Barcades, in 1970. The, yeah. Uh, now, they, they, they took off. 
they took off a little bit. They had a few good hits after you you went to the Barquets, right? Oh, yeah. They, they came to, luckily, if God would have it, they came to uh, Stax and under one of the Stax sub-labels uh, we produced. They had about four really, really, really big records dedicated to the one I love. Uh, I love you, yeah. Maze. Yeah. Love Maze. Wow, uh, yeah. Yep, really. And they became sort of a, 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 a staple in the uh, doo-wop world, man. Matter of mm-hmm. fact, they're still working, they're still working now. We're very, very good friends. Been, uh, through the whole existence of their pr- professional career, we've uh, always been close. Now, Otis Redding is always mm-hmm. Sam Cooke, Otis Redding. I'm kind of an old soul with a lot of these, the Temptations, oh my gosh, icons. And the 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 plane crash, obviously, that took Larry Dodson, or Larry, that took Otis yeah. Redding and took a lot of the people of the Barquets. You weren't a part of the Barquets at that time. Uh, ben Collier, obviously, uh, he survived. When you joined the Barquets, as a kid, mm. did it really hit you in the 70, in 1970, how big a deal that was? Let me tell you something. It scared me to death. I mm. was, if there's a such thing as being honored mm. and scared at the same time, because <laughs> yeah. the barcades were like bigger than life. Yep. The barcades, not just to me, but to Memphis, they were around kids in high school with their first single, which was number one in most every city. In the country, yeah, it was a theme song of all DJs. I mean, it was like just an iconic piece. But they had never had a singer, because they had, they didn't really. Uh, back then, it was very very cool to be an instrumental group. Mm-hmm. So the to to for them to come to me and give me the honor of being the guy that would breathe life into their group uh, through a vocal ability was amazing. And they were already in the process of doing an album. They just didn't have a singer. So, yeah. man, it was, like, iconic for me. Epic yeah. for my life. And you guys were so talented that you – now, I saw a thing. I don't know if this is true. Could you – someone said that you guys couldn't read music when you first started. Was that true? Not only first started, even now. <laughs> but you know <laughs> Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Part of what made the soul music what it was for Stax Records and the musicians and artists and the singers was because it was so natural. It wasn't premeditated in a lot of, in a certain kind of way. Uh, Everything happened right there. And very few Mm. musicians could really read and it didn't make a damn difference. Yep. They they made up stuff that was much better than anybody who could write it down. And I really, really mean that. And I found that out just being around all of these Johnny Taylors and Albert Kings who who couldn't not only read music, he couldn't write. Read or write. I'll tell you this little short story. Our producer Alan Jones Produced him as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, cut saw, uh born on the bad side. Yeah. There was there was instances where I would be up in the control room, and Albert didn't like for you to put me, uh, stuff in front of him to read because it would expose the fact that he didn't know how to read. Mm. So wow. I would, I while they while the Barcades were who backed him on all of his st- uh, earlier stuff, 
a lot of it. They were on the floor playing live, so I would say the words, okay, Albert, I love you, baby. And he was like, I love you, baby. <laughs> and people said, I saw you. And it was, he would, he would take, I would say the words before he sang it, and he would be singing and playing at the same time. It was wow. Amazing. That's amazing. That was, isn't that something? That's, That's pure that soul. Is, not that all is of very beautiful. Not, not that all is of what a... he did. Like, I had the opportunity to do a few things, few things with him like that, because Alan just wanted to, you know, just have him sing and cut it on the spot, and uh, that was mm-hmm. when he and he he trusted me. I nobody could see me saying it to him, you know. But uh, isn't that something? That is amazing. That is. I, I That's think all. I think also what I mean what. One thing we talked about off air is just the amazing transitions, even with all the disco and the new wave movement from uh, the UK and all these crazy things that came up. You guys just seem to stand the test of time. You guys could change with the times a little bit without really changing. You kept your sound, but you could kind of adapt to it. And that's what I love about the Bar Case so much. You guys really did good. Did you guys, how did you guys actually do that? Like, especially like during the disco phase and then the eighties comes in, how did you guys do that? Was it something that you thought about or was it, let's just make music? No, I mean, let me tell you something. I, 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 all hats off to our producer uh, and mentor and big father figure, Alan Jones, who produced us and uh, was like a big brother to us. He was just such a smart guy. He, he, he co-produced Hot Butter Soul with Isaac. He played bass. He was a bass player uh, and a very, very good one, man. But he always had this vision. He told us that disco music was going to destroy or, or, or really put a real big dent into live bands. He saw it coming, you know. And I, you know, I guess it made into wow. the genius of it. There were so many things that he saw uh, before they happened. He used to tell us, man, you guys are going to... Even now, to when we got really, really hot, he said, "Man, you guys are gonna price yourself out of the business." He said, "If if if acts don't stop doing that, they're going to destroy the business." And and and, and there was a period when there were no promoters left because all of us stupid acts were just overpricing ourselves. <laughs> we but he was the kind of guy. In the studio, he would tell us, "Man, he's like, look, this, you know, we're we're, we're you guys are competing with the Gap Band and Commodores and Cooney Gang." But you gotta, oh, you, wow. gotta, you, gotta you, you gotta dig the well before you get thirsty. You know what I'm saying? Wow. And that's what we that's awesome. Yeah, man, he, he was like so cool and we got to trust him. And you know, we, we were a little leery about it, but said, Well it doesn't that this one doesn't feel right. Alan said, Well it's gonna work. It's gonna work. Just just let's do it. That's the, she said, Trust me and we did and man, we, we, we had a string of hits that just was just like on and on and on, man. We had no problem with it. That is fantastic. And you just mentioned Cool and the Gang and the Commodores and all these other bands. At the time, who were your influences? Like, who did you look up to? Who were the bands or the singers that you looked at and thought, wow, not only did they inspire you, but you wanted to be like them? Sly and the Family Stone was totally. Wow, yeah. As a singer, as a singer, Ray Charles, Stevie Wonder, they were like just my Ray Charles was like my whole time. Yes, he had, so talented. So so much so, just in his little finger more, and I had my entire body, you know. But as a band, yeah. 
I slightly family stone because let me tell you something, and I honestly mean this. We the Barcades from the very beginning. Before I joined, uh, I found this out to be true, and on and on throughout the years. What made the Barcades so special was we were like one big cake, one big pie. I'm sorry, and everybody was a slice. It wasn't all about mm-hmm. me. It may have been like that, but it was a combination of what James did as an incredible bass player. What Michael Coles did back in the early days, what Ben Carley, one of the best trumpet players I've ever heard. It was the combination of all the things that we brought to the table that made that pie whole. And when one piece was out, you could always feel it. You could always feel it. And all I wasn't the most incredible thing. I wasn't Luther Vandross. I wasn't back to those guys. But, you know, I was a, a, a different. And, yeah. And, and that's what made the markets even now. That's the that's the key to what uh, makes the barcade so well and, and such a, a great band that has endured the test of time. All the whenever uh, the keyboard player had to be a certain kind of guy, had to be a certain kind of of, of, of a, had to have a certain type of talent, you know, to fit in with the, every, everything else that was going on. And uh, that's what Sliding Sound of Stone was. If you were to dismantle them, they were all very, very good, but you missed it when when somebody wasn't there. You understand what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. I, th- I think that's important. Uh, boy, and that, your hits are just absolutely ridiculous. Uh, Son of Shaft, obviously Soul Finger in the 67 before it was there. And, I mean, Holy Ghost, uh, Shine, Move Your Boogie Body, Today is the Day, Boogie Body Land, Hit and Run, Freaky Behavior. Uh, uh, do it, which is one of my favorites. Uh, Freak show on the dance floor, which obviously touched a lot of people, and a lot of Caucasians actually found out there was a group named the Barkays, uh, which still confirms <laughs> me up a little bit. Uh, Sexomatic, your place or mine, banging the walls, another one of my favorite. Uh, just, just wow. absolute hit after hit after hit. Unbelievable. Now, did you? Because the groups that I really loved, and again, I was a real old soul. I loved Slave. I loved mm-hmm. uh, Confunction. You guys, there was just so many good groups at that time. Did you get a chance to really, during the touring days, to get a chance to befriend any of them in a deeper way? Or did, were you guys more rivals? How did how did that go? We were both. We were both. I mean, we one. The Barcade is always a friendly group, man. We got along with those guys. Contrary to what most people would ever think, we laughed, talked together. But on stage, it was every man for himself. It, everybody had a big boot on, just waiting to kick each other's butt. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I mean, really, really, really rivalry on stage. Uh, but 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 uh, we were the best of friends. I mean, as a lead singer, it was a lead singer thing. All the lead singers were very, very cool with each other. The bass players, all the bass players were really cool. You know, it was, it was, it was really not like what people, most people would think it would be. You know, then there were some a holes. You know, that just sure. didn't make a difference. You know, <laughs> uh, but uh, for the most part, we were all very cool because we were cool people. We weren't yeah. really, we weren't phony guys. You know, had we been different for real, had we been arrogant. Uh, we wouldn't have got along with it with, with the guys that we did. We yeah, I think what, what was great, uh, Larry, is that I think, and you were a big part of this, a lot of the groups of the day 
especially in the 60s and 70s when, you know, cocaine, crack, all these things started coming up and, and there was a real drug problem in a lot of the groups. There was a lot of mm-hmm. egos. And you guys seem to be one of those unique bands. Oh, of course, you guys have egos and stuff and you want to do good and all that. But you guys seem to be more of a real family and you stuck together. It was like we may fight once in a while or get, but we're a group. And I think that was the one thing that kind of made you guys stand the test of time. And again, I have to say uh, kudos to Alan because I tell you just for one instance, he said, even though uh, Winston Stewart, Harvey Henderson, uh, and myself were the core writers of 90% of all the music we mm-hmm. ever did, we Alan told us a long time ago. He said, "Look, guys, I know you guys come that day and night, and you and you give it up, give it your all, and you and you're doing a lot of the writing. But I want you to, I want everybody to put the names on the records. Mm. And 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 he said, wow. I want every name on this record. And there used to be a big joke with Billboard, like you know, we had like uh, so many hits one behind another. Billboard said, "Well, look, okay, man, we ain't got enough room to put all your names. Can we have the real writers this time?" <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and, we, and we would always say no put everybody's name on it you don't need to know who really wrote the record you know but it was a big joke but uh and and and, and as things went on uh, it, it changed you know but that was one of the things that alan and Stephen, they said because if you don't do that you see you guys gonna fight so yeah. i guarantee you will fight over over money over credits and this just let this not be a stumbling block that gets in your way and do that for me and we did for a long time Super. Alan Jones, very special person and obviously a key component of the Barclays. If you remember, Queen did the same thing when they broke up. They said, no more credit, no more. We're Queen. Everybody gets credit. Everybody, there's no nonsense. We're not going to, who did this? And I'm better than you. I'm bigger than, you know, and I think that's a, a key element that Alan Jones also brought. He seemed to be kind of the glue of the Barclays that when when you guys, it, there could be a chance for separation, could be a chance for problem. He seemed to be kind of that glue that kept you guys together. He was more than that. Uh, if you look at the, uh, this, this kind of guy he was, if you look at the, you probably don't know this, but on Watch Stacks, our drummer had on a vest that was made out of silver dollars. Alan drilled every hole in every silver dollar and made that vest <laughs> Wow. <laughs> now, you're talking about anal. He had no other life other than the barcade. Wow. All of- wow. The chain that I wore on, on my own, on, when, when I'm outstretched arms on watch that, he made that himself. He put every, wow. he put every piece, of, every ornament on that, and, and he was just that guy. He no. had a vision, and he, he would always say, when you're daring and you think you've gone too far, you're halfway there. Wow, that's a great – I'm going to have to steal that that's one. A great that's quote. a great yeah. saying. Yeah. Wow. We'd be amiss, Larry, if we didn't talk about the Great Stacks record label. In fact, I have a friend from Memphis. There's an old saying that Stacks is uh, Motown South, and my friend from Memphis snapped and said, nope, Motown is Stacks North. <laughs> so <laughs> so the stack, yeah, yeah, so. Al Bell used to say that Motown was 
uh, caviar and champagne, and stacks was collard greens, neck bones, yep. and Kool Aid. So he yep. said it was like you both you enjoyed both the meals thoroughly, but it's just two different things, man. The penthouse in the street. You know, you guys yeah. are part of the streets, and I think that's why you guys have stood the test at times. So many of the groups have done so well, and people still remember them so fondly, especially online with social media. You see things all the time. I love researching you, going and listening to people that, wow, I, you know, people literally saying on YouTube, I, I have tears in my eyes with these amazing you know, with the Barquets, amazing things that they did and, and the happy moments that I had. Because I have to be honest with you, as a kid, you have bad moments. You have, as a young adult, you have bad moments. But every time I had one, I would put on one of your guys' songs to feel good. And oh, boy, it, it, it was great. I got pulled over a couple times in Napa because I don't think they were used to all the bass. But, um, uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, but it, it worked wow. out good. Now, now, do you... When obviously the virus, we praying for everybody and for the safety of everybody. What are you What are you doing now? Obviously, there's no touring. What What are some of the things? Hopefully, when this gets over with, or and also off the touring, that you're working on that we could we could that you could talk about. Well, right now I'm just trying to make the best of a bad situation, uh, as most of us are. I'm taking this opportunity to. Uh, just uh, work on new music, uh, and because uh, I'm signing a real, really, really, really good record deal now, a solo deal, and uh, my new, my new single will be out uh, at some point in this year. But just, wow! Oh, yeah, good. Just, yeah, absolutely, and uh, just. Uh, Understanding that this is a time, uh, and I understand that God makes no mistakes, you know, uh, and everything He allows to happen has all works for the good. And I know that's difficult for people to understand and believe. I'm not trying to be over spiritual or anything, but I'm understanding that I see so much love people are showing one another yeah. in this yeah. time. Uh, people are getting a chance to sit up and have dinner with their kids and then instead of running off and everybody overworking themselves, you know, just there are things that are going on now that would not have happened. Sure. Uh, it made everybody not, slow down. Everybody had to slow down. Come on now. You better know it. And sometimes we have to be, there's a, there's a thing I, I saw on a, on, on a, one of the channels when the Eagle has little eaglets, I guess that's what they call it. And they don't want to get out the nest. At a certain point in time, the eagle takes them and he just makes them fly. He, yeah. In other words, forces them to do something that they were so afraid to do. Yep. And yeah. that's what's going on. That's how I feel now. We have to be forced to slow down and, and think and get out of the spotlight uh, and just and just be human, you know, and then reach into ourselves and find those human instincts that we very often don't show one another because we just don't take time to do it. You, That's you, so true. We're very dependent on one another now. You know, even though we're, 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 we're a little fearful about what's going on, because we always get fearful of things we don't understand and know what, quite what to do about. But beyond that, we're taking care of one another. It's now the yeah. human side of love. All Excuse become me? very human. It's, it's, 
we're in the human side of life now. Everyone's become more human, like you said, more dependent on one another, really in their feelings. And, and like you said, when you're scared, when you don't know, you know, the unknown is always frightening. And now it's making people more vulnerable. And I think families are now spending more time together. Like I said, when you slow down, it's, that's what it is. You're living your life. You know, you're in your life. And, again, I agree with you. I think people, it's almost like they had to be forced to to do this. Right. And and, and, I, and, and I don't mean that you, it was barbaric or anything, but it, this big virus that come down was, was something God just did to everybody. But it is, it is a reality, and it's not the first one that we've experienced. There have been viruses before. This is very, very different. I've never seen times like this, but... Uh, We'll get through yeah. it. We'll get through it. I mean, and, and once you sit down and, and compose yourself, you can kind of see that we will and believe that we will get through it. We will yeah. get through it. And, you know, the playing field is very, very level. It ain't about race. It's not up in this thing. In this. It's, you know, it's like all we got is us. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Ain't skipping one house to come to the next one, you know. It's not doing that. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Now, now Larry, also, the last question I wanted to ask you is I we've a lot of our friends and a lot of us have said that we think you should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Does that ever bother you that it seems like to me, especially with mainstream hits that you had? I'm just maybe I'm not getting something. I don't get why you, you didn't. It didn't seem that you crossed over as much as I thought you should have, that you did. Does that ever bother you or does that ever, do you kind of think about it? Because in your, I went to a concert of yours and there were, uh, in the in the 80s, there was a lot of different people there of different color. But now it seems like more the black community has, has uh, obviously in love with you. But I don't see as many Caucasians and other people there. Has that ever bothered you? Well, you you know, uh, is bothered the word? Uh, yeah, I mean, it has, it has at different at different moments in the career, at different points in the career, uh, uh, more than others. But you know what? We sort of knew when we put. We've had twenty top ten singles, so we kind of knew what the music that we were putting together. We knew what we we knew it was going to be an urban record. You know, we, we and then occasionally we would say. Well, let's try to stretch that. Let's 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 go for more of the pop pop uh, side of things on this record. We didn't do a lot of that. You know, some mm-hmm. of it took its own course. Uh, Shake Your Rump was a, just was probably the first uh, big crossover record that we had, and we didn't really write to do that record for that. It happened organically. But mm-hmm. kind of to answer your question, the best record is still inside of us. I think mm-hmm. the best performance is still inside. Of us. That's what keeps an artist moving. At this point, I'll be more conscious of what kind of music I want to do now. You know, having 30 albums or 29 albums, you know, that's kind of like I've, I've driven the car a couple of times, so I know I know kind of what I want to do now, you know. And, and that seems like it came late in life. I, I think that's good, you know. I'm still uh, able to do what I do well, and... I'm excited about a new record, you know, and once the excitement leaves, you might as well stay home. There's Absolutely. nothing else for you to work for. I'm excited about performing, which is why I came out of retirement. Retirement was an incredibly stupid thing I did. 
I was going to ask you about that. <laughs> I didn't think that would but last. It, it was bad <laughs> Florence, trust me, it was a bad idea. Everybody. <laughs> Well, I, well, Larry, I'm going to have Florence uh, listening to Traffic Jammer drinking Guidance Whiskey by the end of the month. So we're going to be... Uh... Hello, man. That's all right. That's all right. <laughs> well, we, I wanted you to know that you have an absolute fan for life. We, I have loved you for so many years. You are such you. a talent. All the guys are such a, such amazing talents. The music, there there isn't a week that goes by that I don't listen to your music. And we cannot wait to share all the stuff that we have of yours. And we just thank you for graciously coming on to our show. We're very humbled by you. And we, we just wish nothing but the best. And we hope to keep in touch yeah. in the future. Thank you. All right. Thank you. And then I, let me just, let me, let me part by saying, I want you guys to know you probably always do it just for your friends and your, who you've not talked to for a long time. Give them what I call a love check. Check one, check two. This is a love check. Just check on them. Make sure they're okay. Okay? Amen. Yeah. We're going to do that. And we thank you. Uh, just an amazing uh, talent, amazing group, an amazing career. And it ain't over, kids. There's a lot it's more okay. in this man. The and band we can't plays on. That's right. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Larry. You take care now. Have a great day and you stay safe. And again, we'll be promoting all of his stuff uh, in the coming weeks. Thank you so much, Larry, for coming on. Thank you, Larry. Thank you. Take care of him. Take care of him, Florence, okay? You too. Stay safe. Stay safe. Take care, man. Bye. 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 Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumbo Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumbo Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18-plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.